Paris-Roubaix Espoir is a race that is often visualised in many riders' dreams. With Sunday, May 7th playing host to the first under-23 edition in four years, the long hiatus made it all the more mystical. Paris-Roubaix Espoirs would be my first and last opportunity to race the event within the under-23 category. And to quote my compatriot and fellow Dave Rayner rider, Alfie George of Vendayou, never before has a race been everything I dreamed of while simultaneously being my worst nightmare. It's important really to con- comment on the conditions of the, of, of the race because the professional event is the driest race in the World Tour calendar because there have been but two wet races in the last 20 years. Many, many fans, including myself, flocked to their weather apps in the week prior to the monument, overlooking the weather conditions, wind conditions, and instead just praying for a droplet of rain, being so excited when that does show up. It's a bit like the Formula One. If you see a speck of rain that might occur, everyone just gets into a hissy fit. And Despite the wettest spring in recent history, the elite race was yet again a bone-dry affair, and actually the fastest in history. It was almost unsurprising then that the under-23 event would be run after a couple days' rain, soaking the glossy pavé with a sheen of redded water, making the cobblestones treacherous and tricky underfoot, covering them with this sort of clay. Not even 30 millimeter tires that the majority of the peloton were running could cope with that lack of grip. No, maybe it might be possible then to race mountain bikes. You might go a bit quicker, as uh, shown on uh, GCN. I think they did a video there. The saving grace for the weekend's under 23 version was that it was the beginning of May, so the rain would be accompanied with 18 to 20 degrees Celsius throughout the duration of the course, meaning the rain, although present, would not seep through to freeze the innermost core, allowing you to breathe a little more freely um, when you're hitting the maximum heart rate inducing pavé. So let's get into the first hour of the race. Personally, I was keen to get on the front row of the start line. Not least because my adrenaline was already pumping through my veins, causing my pupils, you know, to widen in preparation for taking in sensory information from that road. But also, due to the appalling weather conditions that were already present, I'd already wrapped up in three layers, a couple of jerseys, zipper, leggings, under an umbrella, waiting to go. And my mind cast back to the Olympia's tour in March, where... The majority of, although no, no wind at Paris Bay, the majority of the peloton at the Olympia's tour were waiting 30 minutes plus before the start of the race, even in these appalling weather conditions. So I was a bit tense. I was a bit keen to get to the start. And I think a lot of people noticed that, but I was in, uh, I was doing my plan and I managed to get to the, the start line first, uh, stay warm uh, in the warmer conditions, even though it was soaking wet. It was just about keeping the water off the baseline clothes for as long as possible. But even with that warmth, there was a little bit of doubt whether an extra surface layer like a jersey, 
even although thin might be necessary. Thankfully, though, it wasn't. And after the natural chaos of the neutralization, where on there was a little island in the middle of the road where we were all instructed to go to the right, but naturally being an under-23 peloton and there not being any reason why he couldn't go to the left, a lot of riders went to the left. And a little while down, maybe 100 meters, there was like this yellow block barrier just stuck in the middle of the road. And I was just like, fuck, that's going to hit someone. But um, at the very last minute, someone decided, one of the marshals, to run out into the road and start pulling it away. So I don't know if that actually caused more issues than he wanted it to. Um, but that's just the natural chaos of the neutralization in these under-23 races. So then it was kind of a surprise that the amount of control for an under-23 UCI race that was imposed for the opening 30 kilometers was as it was. Team DSM, Group Armor, FDJ, Jumbo Visma, and even Israel Premier Tech would lead out at the head of the peloton. A lot of the riders sacrificing their chances to, for a result by just riding at the front at these opening 30Ks that were void of any cobbles. And this control would allow for a much calmer and predictable washing machine within the group. Everyone knew their place and the washing machine that was present wasn't as full as other races like the Olympias tour that I just mentioned of the same category. And then coming into the first cobble section, the the road was wide and was littered with road furniture. The group splitting and reforming around around these islands seamlessly. And in these moments when there are two almost minuscule washing machines and you can't really see where the islands are, so you touch your brakes a little earlier because you don't know if there's going to be a little crash in front of you or whatever, it's easy to find yourself shuffled back no matter the elbows you give out or whatever. I found myself out of position coming into that first cobble sector and although I did not panic, it didn't feel quite right that I was that far back. Anyway, that was quickly rectified as I rode past all the riders that had been a bit keen and had slipped out and hit the deck before the cobbles even begun and by the end of the first two sectors yeah we're literally back to back uh yeah i was back up near the front in the front 20 again um actually between the second first and second sector maybe it was second and third sector i was going for a gel and I hadn't seen the corner and it was kind of an off-camera corner to the left. I, I was taking the gel so I only had one. I kept it in my mouth and I went to put my hands back on my brake, grabbed the front uh, back brake, which is on the right because I'm Euro, and I locked the back wheel a little bit and it started sliding out as because of the grease and the lack of grip, even though we were on 30 millimeter tires. And oh my God, I came within millimeters of Ben Askey's rear wheel and coming a cropper there Ma thankfully though i managed to you know pull the bike back leaving my body in center of mass where it was but moving my bike around that center of mass so i could clear my front wheel just from ben Askey's rear wheel and that was just before one of the second or third cobble i think it was the third cobble sector no 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 so third cobble sector yes 
because as we get onto, the fourth gravel sector was the one. Going back to what I was saying before, on the first, the, the, those first two cobble sectors, I got back up to the 20. I found a very comfortable rhythm, identifying the gaps that I could weave through, thanks to those adrenaline-pumped wide eyes just taking in so much information. I was able to identify the gaps within the group and pounce with some good power into the spaces that opened up in front of me. Feeling those cobbles underfoot, I found myself feeling the smoothest line without actively looking for where the craters within the pave were, and then trying to avoid them, this was the technique I had practiced on the first of our recon rides, to feel the road, not look, and just let let that let the bumps and everything guide me. So before we get on to the race ending incident, we'll go back to the, the preparation for for Roubaix under 23 because it is so important it's one of those races like Flanders where you really need the experience and in my opinion Paris-Roubaix elite under 23 junior is all about preparation and how much experience you have it's very much like an assignment at university you tick off little bits you study the roadbook google maps Strava and then you organize a reconnaissance to match the digital information to the reality that you're experiencing and feeling on the road through your tires, through your hands, through your saddle. We managed to experience the pave of Roubaix two times before. It was good given the restrictions I have personally. And we did experience one dry, although cold, it was dry a week before the race. And the other was wet two days before the race. My goal for the reconnaissance was to ride the wheel in front and follow closely. As I've just mentioned, following closely, you hear so much about feeling the cobbles and that's why I think you see so many professionals ride without gloves on this specific race for this very reason. You don't have that barrier between the main point and the road, you know, and to get to these recons, I woke up at half past three in the morning and we'd drive down to the Eurotunnel. Once we'd arrived in France, we'd then drive to Roubaix Velodrome to meet the majority of the team in cars before then driving to the start of the ride another hour away. And then for this first dry recon, we aimed to complete the entire parkour which would last five hours, five and a half elapsed time. And then following that ride, we would then drive home and arrive at home around 10 o'clock in the evening. These very much are the joys of Brexit. And then 48 hours after that, I would then be on a plane to the Carpathian race in Eastern Europe. This provides me with the evidence as to how strict and non-negotiable it was for me to participate in these recons, giving you proof that the experience, the, the, the belief that I have that the experience of the Roubaix cobble sectors are so, so important. And the importance of Roubaix 
that I have put on this race by four years of just dreaming about this race because the last one was 2019 when I was a junior and watched Tom Pick got win and all of that stuff. But also the top three roll call of the, the last, you know, the entirety of the history of this race just puts that extra little beauty and nervousness and excitement on this race. For the reconnaissance, I would be there without failure or complaint. I was excited to be riding over the rough pavé of L'Enfer du Nord for the first time in my life. And with that naivety, I decided to not to wear gloves on that first uh, recon. And even talking today, I have a lot of those blisters still healing. From the first, the very first couple of cobble sectors, I had already opened skin on my hands. Now, I'd adjusted that because my bars, I don't think, were very straight at that point. So I was putting more pressure on one hand than the other. But that's the evidence that there is that, although that, that that's how important the feeling of the road is to me. The tires we had from Hutchinson, which were run at pressures traditionalists like Simon Warren would scoff at. And I was very surprised at how comfortable our Hutchinson tires with our Ursus wheels made the pave feel. They were also very quick to ride with a with a very promising time on Carrefour de Lab, let's say that. I I really did, really, really did enjoy myself that day. Um and then the second recon came on Friday following the Carpathian race. So we had first recon, Carpathian race, second recon two days before the race and after a sneak peek at the Belgian summer to come which was like one day 20 you know 20 degrees legs out arms out all of that the weekend's rain was already beginning to fall heavily oh so heavy over the roads of Paris Bay Bingo Wallonie Bruxelles like many other teams on Friday 5th of May would ride the final 70 kilometers or so of the race Jumbo Visma I think did 90 covering the last 15 sectors of Pave before the velodrome. To me, it was tremendously useful to get the feeling of how the Pave interacted with our tires when they were, when they, when they were slick and wet and had no grip. I could mentally pair the gyroscopic feeling I got of the tires slipping away to each sector we rode over. And we rode over the final 15. Therefore, I had confidence on Sunday that I would know how to approach these final 15 sectors of the race. However, it was the opening four sectors that were the most crucial. I believe that next time completing the Roubaix recon with the wet would pay dividends. And, all the, and the fact that we didn't do them during the wet recon meant that there was a gap in my in my knowledge of these of these 22 pave sections that we were doing the first four weren't quite as complete as the other 15 that we'd done twice but those first four cobble sectors i will not be forgetting anytime soon so with that and with that build up let's get on to quote unquote la chute Motombe, my fool. I'd found myself in the front group of 20 riders 
and it was so close to splitting away from the training peloton behind on the final cobble sector of the first four that were basically non-stop cobbles with maybe kilometer two kilometers between them i was able to see the front of the race and more importantly the cobbles clearly ahead of me the carnage that littered the first three cobble sectors split the race to shreds already with riders in ones and twos coming out of this fourth sector pavé Saint-Piton. from that point on the composition of the front group rarely changed from kilometer 50 until the half tour and the famous velodrome unfortunately though my teammate Michael Lambrecht who was within that composition crashed and punctured out the front group late into their race a shame after such a positive ride throughout the entire race he was really pulling his weight so the scene of the incident was Pavé Saint-Piton. It would be the site of my race-ending crash. I was sitting in about 12th wheel, I was following the wheels, and I was feeling the sensations of the road nicely. Always hugging the inside of any bends on the Pavé. But just on one occasion, and I was forewarned about the risks of riding in the centre of the cobbles, there was a mound of mud and grass just overlapping with the racing line to begin to take the inside of the camber. Another way to describe this is you're coming down a fast alpine descent. You've got a white line in the middle of the road and it's wet. You know there is a chance that your tire is going to slip out on this white line, but you don't know. But you know it's there so you can sort of prepare for it. The difference with that is I didn't know it was there I couldn't prepare for it it just came out of nowhere so with this mound of mud and grass overlapping the racing line you start to take the you start to cross over that camber to take the inside of the bend and like many many other riders I missed the small gap in the mud in preparation be on that right hand side and had that oh shit moment where I knew I was going to hit the ground it's a, it happens within a matter of seconds and the crash was my nightmare of this race I was riding just on the left hand side of the mud covered ridge where my tyres be then began to slip away to the left and I attempted to cross over the center line of the pavé but I would instead fall to the right side of the pavé I would land hard on the cobbles with my right hip bearing the brunt of the blow and the second part of the road that I hit with my body was my head shielded by my apparently undamaged spirit helmet and after coming to a stop I allowed myself a few moments to get my breathing in check and dissipate the pain as much as I could and once I'd managed to lower the initial adrenaline spike I, I went to move into an all force position and at this point I knew something was wrong I was a unable to bear any weight from my right hip and my head was still throbbing from the impact I was wriggling to find a comfortable position where maybe just maybe I could get back on my feet and carry on. I tried, but once again, I felt that pain shoot up from my right hip. And I decided 
just to lie there and wait it out until the peloton had filtered through the blockage I had caused. There was another crash behind and another one, but eventually the ambulance arrived and I was speaking my best French, explaining what happened and what might be wrong. At this point, I began to get a weird vision in my right eye. I could see there was like a filter effect, much like you would get with an old satellite TV. A television that was struggling to receive the full picture of the zigzagging lines running across that screen. I was quite terrified. Um, but to my relief, though, the vision did return by the time I reached the hospital. My timeline of events and the minutes that actually transpired are a bit, you know, I never blacked out, but you know, when you're in the back of the hot, uh, van with no time or anything, you don't have how much time has passed. I found out at this hospital that I fractured my greater trochanter of my right hip. They also cleared me of any problems with my brain after undergoing a full body CT scan. A few days later, once I managed to get repatriated, I would then get x-rays to determine the true damage those brutal cobbles inflicted upon my body. After five days in hospital, I arrived at home. 20, 72 hours in France and 48 hours in England. I was going to be challenging road ahead, but I'm a determined individual with confidence in my support team. So then, that is the full story of Paris-Roubaix, Espoir. 2023 for me personally i'm very happy and proud of how i approach this race setting goals to remember as many details of each section as possible building up that knowledge base and i was also prepared to take some risks for the level of race power bay was and that was aided by the feeling that i was getting over the copper sections it was very positive personally there was just an oversight in the knowledge and experience with riding those pavés and the fact dozens of other riders fell at the same location suggests to me there was a little bit of luck involved. However, I don't really believe in luck. It is, for me, down to preparation. But I can take solace in the fact that over 30 riders also fell at the same location. As the quote said at the start, Paris Bay was everything I dreamed of, despite being the clear nightmare I found myself in. It's hard to feel sad or annoyed with what happened. As put simply, that is just wet Roubaix for you. Dangerous, chaotic, and so, so much fun. I loved every second of it, and I sincerely hope I can return to this race in a professional context. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you soon.